Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Joe McCall, Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Glad you're here, as always. Listen, I am coming up on my 10-year anniversary of doing this podcast. Can you believe that? It's just blowing me away. And uh, I'm almost at a 1,000 episodes. I love doing this podcast. I never would have thought when I first started this thing that uh, I'd still be doing it 10 years later, but I really enjoy it. I love interviewing people, cool people like we got today. Pace Morby's in the house, which is going to be exciting to talk to him. He's He's just everywhere online, and I'd love to see what he's doing and uh, what he. And we're going to be talking about what he is doing, and he's been having tremendous success with students, and we're going to be talking to him about that and talking about the creative side of things. You know, subject twos, owner financing, lease options, and there are m- more than one way to skin a cat. You know, that sounds kind of gross, but. We're going to be talking about that on this podcast. But here we are, 1,000 episodes. I remember when I first started doing this podcast with Alex Youngblood. We're still friends, but man, I had a cheap old setup. My setup isn't really that great now anyways. It's not as nice as what Pace has got. (laughs) You'll see in a minute here. But yeah, I've just been loving... I love doing this podcast. I love teaching. I love coaching and interviewing people, talking about our own deals, talking about your deals. I've had so many people over the years tell me, man, I love your podcast. This is something that uh, got me started. It helped me get going. I learned a little tip. Got some inspiration. So this is awesome. And I'm here for the next 10 years, 20 years, right? I My goal, don't tell any of the other podcasters about this. My goal is to be the longest running real estate investing podcast. Well, I won't mention their names, but I'm good friends with all of them. And they've been around for probably four or five years, some of them longer than I have. I'm younger than them. They're going to retire soon. So anyways, thanks for uh, being here on this podcast. And, and real quick, this podcast is being brought to you by my best-selling book that you can't buy on Amazon, Wholesaling Lease Options. This is a book that I use. This is a strategy that I used to quit my job in 2009 when the economy was in the the pits. I was just flipping lease options. These are some of the easiest deals to do. They're called lease option assignments or wholesaling lease options. You can get this book for free. Just pay a little bit of shipping handling at wlobook.com, wlobook.com. And I got such good feedback on this. It's all killer, no filler. A lot of practical how-to, how to find the sellers, how to talk to them, how to make the offers and give them whatever price they want. For heaven's sake, these are some of the easiest deals in the world to do. And if you just want to learn to make a quick $3,000, $5,000 on an assignment doing lease options, get this book. It spells out everything A to Z. And if you want more information on the strategy, besides what's in the book, I also have a webinar called Simple Lease Options. And you can get that webinar at sloclass.com, sloclass.com. Get the book at wlobook.com or go watch my webinar, my class at sloclass.com. Cool. All right. Let's bring Pace in the house. Pace Morby. How are you, man? Bro, I'm great. I've actually read your book twice. Um, It's one of those books that, again, like you said, all killer, no filler. You get right into it. It's amazing information. It's one of those books that you read and right after you're like, okay, I want to go back and review my notes because I was underwriting, highlighting things. And I was like, this is so good. I read it twice. I actually picked it up through your, you were running an Instagram. It was on your Instagram. It popped up as a sponsored deal. And I was like, oh my gosh, Joe McCall's one of my heroes. Downloaded it. I bought the, I actually bought the actual book and I read it twice and then I handed it over to my business partner, Cody and Cody, I think read it at least twice as well. So great book. Unbelievable. Thank you, man. I'm humbled by that. And you're one of my heroes. I mean, you're just everywhere (laughs) right now, Pace, like you're crushing it right now. You know, you're so good at teaching 
you're a great teacher and, and you really break things down into simple to understand formats. Um, you've been having a tremendous success. I mean, you've had success for a long time in your own business doing deals, but now you're teaching and coaching and helping other people. For, you have t- so much free content online on YouTube. You're doing some great things with uh, Brent Daniels and uh, Jamil. Yeah, you guys are doing, you're crushing it right now. And I'm honored Thank to you. have you on my show. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you even letting me come on here. Now your background, I got to ask you this. This is so cool. And, and I just zoomed out a little bit. You guys can see Pace's background. I have shiplap on mine and some weird uh, tree that everybody thinks is, is a Christmas tree and, and ask me questions like, why isn't, why don't I have lights on? <laughs> it's not Christmas anymore, Joe. No, it's not. <laughs> I got a new plant. I ordered a new plant and it's on the way. And I also have some shelves I'm going to put up here in a minute. But what, t- talk about your background there. What is that? So it's my favorite rap duo. So it's Andre 3000 right here. And it's big boy of the rap duo Outcast. And, you know, a lot of us grew up with Outcast, but if you look in Outcast, they have two songs. One of them is called The Art of Storytelling Number One. And the second one is The Art of Storytelling Number Two. And they're well known as some of the best storytellers in the rap game. And although I'm anything from a rapper, it just resonated with me. And so Jamil and I were at Max Maxwell's event. We were speaking on stage and we had like three or four hours to kill some time. So we drove around Atlanta. I love Atlanta. It's one of the markets we do deals in. And we come across this mural that's 100 feet, like literally 100 feet wide, 40 feet tall, massive. And a guy painted it by hand. And it was this mural of Outcast. And I sent it over to this guy named Jay Valentine. If you guys are not following this guy on Instagram, he's painted for so many other people. He's currently painting some stuff and doing some statues for Post Malone and some other people. He is unbelievably talented. So I sent it over to him and he's like, I love it. What do you want to do? And I said, I want 32 layers of color. So I have four lights behind me. And as I change those colors, the ch- the color of the painting also changes as well. And all 32 layers of the of the paint comes out depending on what color I use. And again, it's I, I love these guys because they're storytellers. And that's the wow. same thing with you, you, Joe, is like your podcast has been running 10 years. Yeah. Think about how many stories you've had to tell in order to resonate with your audience and get them, you know, to convey a topic that, you know, no offense to some of the other guys that teach, but there's guys that teach that they just, it goes over most people's heads, especially within the creative finance realm. And guys like you know how to tell stories properly. So I just love great storytellers because it's the only way to really communicate with somebody as your friend and my friend as well, Tom Kroll talks about is like, speak to everybody like they're a third grade child, and then you'll be a great educator. And that's the whole thing with this business. You know, it's, it's, Tom Kroll even said this once. It was, uh, what is it? Wholesaling is easy. Wholesalers are complicated. (laughs) Right. Yeah, he's got a good one. I was actually texting somebody today. They were talking about building their brand. And they're like, how do I build a brand? How do I build a brand? And they're you know, trying to emulate somebody else. And I go, look, something that Tom Kroll taught me a long time ago is that your vibe will attract your tribe. Hmm. Don't try and be anybody else. Now, it's one thing to like say, hey, how do you use this camera? And how do you do this? And you know, tell me about the lighting and the audio. That's one thing. But like emulating somebody else's style is yeah. going to attract a tribe that doesn't like necessarily sit well with you. And it's hard to grow. So yeah. your tribe is your foundation for you to grow. And so I've just learned. And that's the other thing about this painting as well is that Jamil and I are this duo, right? So you yeah. brought up Jamil. Yeah, Jamil guy. and I are a duo and we couldn't be any further from each other. He grew up in an Indian household. Yeah. Um, he grew up in Canada. He and I grew up in completely different parts of the country. Religious backgrounds are different. Um, culture, everything is different. 
And also our personalities are dramatically different. And so I remember when I first met Jamil, I, he's so funny and he's such a great marketer. I would try and emulate some of his things, you know, and I was absorbing some of his style and I had to catch myself and go, no, 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 no. So if you look at Outcast, same thing, big boy and Andre 3000 are so dramatically different, but that's why they are successful. So just to your audience, as you're building a brand, and I do think everybody should be building a brand in real estate because it's what allows you to have access to more deals and more private money and those types of things. Just be yourself and lean into who you are and find out who you are first and foremost. Don't try and copy anybody else. Yeah. Every time I've tried to copy somebody else or try to be funny, like Jamil, you know, it's going to work for me. <laughs> I fall flat on my face. I, I like the Cardinals, right? So I yeah. wear a lot of Cardinals jerseys and hats. I love to golf. And so I have, I don't know, well, you can see it here. The logo oh yeah, I can tell. From, But you know, you just got to be yourself and people will come to you and resonate with you. It's the same when you're dealing with sellers and buyers, right? You just got to be yourself. Don't try to be someone else. Especially, you know, if you're new in the business, I tell this to people all the time. If you're new, don't pretend to be the expert. Don't pretend to be somebody who's done a hundred deals. You know, it's sometimes better to be more honest and raw with your buyers. For example, if, you know, I teach this all the time when you're talking to a buyer and you're trying to build your buyers list, just be honest and say, Hey, you know what? I, I'm new. I, I just, I bought some late night infomercial course. You know, I'm one of those guys, but listen, I've been doing a bunch of marketing. I've been talking to a bunch of sellers. I've made a bunch of offers and I got a bunch of leads here, potential deals. And I'm just looking for maybe a buyer to, that might want to partner with me on some of these deals. Would you be interested or should I call someone else? Like, but being that vulnerable and honest with who you are not trying to be somebody else, you know, if you tell a real serious buyer that those kinds of things like they're gonna be like yeah man i'll help you out because they see that you're genuine you're true and you're you're actually hustling and you're doing the work right yeah i mean and then you avoid the whole imposter syndrome thing right so like a lot of people i see you know they're newer they're trying to act like the big dog when they're calling these cash buyers yeah right and you're immediately stepping into the cash buyers territory as like you're better than them or you have all these deals and they're lucky to know you I'm like you've never done a deal just tell them that and fall on the sword and these these cash buyers will actually come in and help you yeah. they'll provide proof of funds for you when you need it yeah they'll provide legitimacy for you when you need it like i had um, somebody last night ask me hey what if i don't have a website I'm like there's a possibility your cash buyer has a website or a business name or something like you can be their JV partner and not emulate, but you can basically utilize their stuff. But you got to start with full transparency and authenticity rather than pretending to be somebody you're not. So true. You're an influencer, right? Like you're everywhere on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. And and, uh, I am a little bit, not as much as you guys, you and Jamil are just, it's, it's funny watching your videos. But uh, you know, a lot of people watching this pace are like, man, I want to be an influencer, right? I want to be all over Instagram, mm-hmm. maybe to sell courses or coaching, or maybe just to do deals, you know. But like, what advice would you give to somebody out there who looks at all the videos and the podcasts that you are on and that you do and wants to be like you? But at the this same is time, so funny that you're asking me this question because yesterday I did a YouTube video. Here's my notes on my YouTube video, uh-huh. and I said the why and how to creating a brand in real estate. So Mm -hmm. there's three reasons why, in my personal opinion, why I started a brand. Okay, There's only three reasons. It was never to influence. It was never to sell a course. The three reasons why is one, access to more deals, right? Because people do business with people who do business, 
right? So I would, I'm, I'm, this is my honest opinion. I would much rather do business with somebody I don't necessarily like that I know will close the transaction mm-hmm. than somebody I really like that I, I'm worried about their ability to close the deal, right? Sure. So for me, I want to do business with people doing business. Now, how do people know you're doing business? I had this guy in my car the other day and I was talking about he, you know, he's doing deals in Texas. He's doing all these driving for dollars deals. It's his entire business and driving for dollars. And he made like 250 grand last year. Nice. And I'm like, okay, well, what app are you using? He goes, oh, I'm using batch driven app. Okay. Great. Awesome. Why don't I ever see you talking about this? He's like, why would I? I'm like, I go, this is kind of how I feel about you. I drive Pat. I go, imagine you are a McDonald's franchise. Mm-hmm. And I drive by your McDonald's, but you have no signage. You don't have anything outside. It's literally just a white building. Do you think I'm going to stop and buy a hamburger from you? No, because I don't even know what the heck you are. Yeah. So if you want more people to do JV deals with, or um, there's two other reasons why to build a brand, and I'll go into those in a second. But if you're not talking about what you're doing, then how do people know you're actually doing the business? It's the same thing with title companies or you know closing attorneys or anybody else in this business, lenders. If yeah. you're not talking about deals you're closing, then people don't know you have the, the credibility to send a deal to. So that's one, buy deals. Two, raise your network level. So again, I only want to hang out with guys that or gals that are th- forward thinkers like yourself. Like I wrote down, I wrote down what you said in your welcome. You said, I want to be the longest running podcast. That stuff makes me want to hang out with you more. That's not my goal, Joe. But that mm-hmm. makes me want to hang out with you because you're you're a guy that has a goal and a very specific goal. And what I love about it is this is what I wrote down. I wrote down staying power. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, now I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a YouTube video on Joe McCall has the bit most staying power in this business. And I'm gonna shout you out because you're my buddy. So the second reason to build a brand is so that you get access to higher level people. Yeah. Right. People yeah. like yourself. And we all resonate and hang out and you know, we can be ourselves. We go to dinner and we can all be ourselves and have a truly authentic conversation. Number three, one of the biggest reasons to have a brand is so you can raise capital to go do deals. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't mean like, hey guys, I'm raising money and you're, you know, breaking security violations. I'm saying you'll get people that will come to you and go, hey, I've got $40,000. I don't know what to do with it. Can I partner with you on your next deal? That literally is like 60% of the money that we raise has come from social media. Before I ever had a coaching program, I just showed people I was doing deals. So that's the why. Those are the three reasons why. And I see so many people, Joe, you see this too, that they just immediately go, I'm going to start selling a course. They skip all the main reasons you should have a brand and they go into just selling a course. And every single one of them flame out. Yes, they flame out. They have no staying power, right? Mm -hmm. Staying power. So... Here's here's my thought on that. It I, I don't have anything against people selling courses. Go do go do your thing. But the reality is most of us that have started courses and you know student communities, we started those because there were so many questions coming to us that yeah. we were like, I don't have a way to answer all these hundreds of questions I get on a weekly basis other than putting it into a format that people can walk through. Because what I find is Educating people is like teaching them the ABCs. I can't teach you the ABCs by starting on letter P. I got to start with A. And you're asking me questions about letter P. I got to bring you all the way back to A and walk you through and basically teach you like a nursery rhyme, right? So a course typically is brought from a really, really good real estate investor because of the demand of questions 
in their world. And Joe, you get them all the time. People reaching out to you. I mean, 10 years on a podcast, I can't even imagine how many questions you've had to answer out of sequence, right? And then people wonder why they're lost and having a hard time in real estate. It's like, because you're watching random YouTube videos and you're starting on the letter P or T or W and you're wondering, why am I lost? Right? Mm -hmm. So demand will come if you are doing business and building a brand, then you have the demand to go create a course. It's not the other way around. If you want staying power, start with the three reasons why buying more deals, raising your level of your network and the people you hang out with, and then three, raising capital. Those are my three main. Now, personal opinion, obviously. Then the how, here's the five. I won't go into this deeply, but here's here's the five hows, how to build a brand. One, document the good, the bad, and the ugly. Clint Eastwood style, baby. That's one of the best movies of all time. Go watch that Western. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Wait, real quick. Yeah. I watched that the other day and I could not, I loved the movie as a kid, but I could not believe how slow. Oh, bro. All those Westerns are so slow. (laughs) You would never (laughs) see that in a movie today where there's like five minutes of nothing happening. Yeah. And it's just people staring at each other with no dialogue. (laughs) It's so good. Anyway, sorry Um, to interrupt. But no, that actually, that's a good, that's a good addition to that because the reality is people have to understand that this is a slow process. You can't just start making three Instagram posts and expect to get 10,000 likes, right? You have to understand you make a post, nobody's going to like it, but your mom, right? And you have to go build that audience. Okay. So document the good, the bad, and the ugly. Why do I say the ugly? Because most people that are brand new in this business, all you have to show is the ugly, right? Hey guys, I cold called today for two hours. I got four leads and I got 18 FUs. That's something that resonates with an audience of other people that are trying to learn real estate, right? So document every little thing. And that's all social media is for me is it's a documentation process yeah. of my, my journey down a path. I'm not creating content. I'm documenting my business. That's the difference, okay? Number two, only give tips on real things you've been through. This is something I see all the time where I get new, I see new investors. They'll DM me on Instagram and they'll say, Hey man, haven't gotten my first deal, blah, 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 blah. Then I go to their Instagram profile and they're giving tips on how to wholesale. I'm like, don't do that. People can see right through that and you immediately lose credibility. If you want to give tips, give tips on how to cold call three hours a day without giving up. That is a great tip, right? But don't give a tip on how to successfully wholesale because you haven't done it yet. It's not a great look, um, not a criticism. I'm truly telling people, if you're doing those things, your audience will see through it very quickly. They will. Number three, this one's probably one of my most important things. And one of the reasons why I have quote unquote blown up is help people underneath you. Okay. And what, I'm, what do I mean by that? About three years ago, Joe, I did this crazy thing for about a year where I would just go on my Instagram. I go, Hey guys, I'm going to four buy appointments and I've got a meeting with a private lender. The first three people to meet me at Circle K can jump in my Prius and we're going to drive around today for eight hours. And I would get 20, 30 people who would show up to Circle K fighting over the seat in my car. No way. Right. And because, you know, most coaches, like I know this guy charges, this guy that charges $60,000 for a coaching program that's like three months long. You you, you know the types, right, right, Joe? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I was, I didn't, had never even had the thought, but what I was trying to do is I was trying to say, look, I can teach these people how to do this business and they'll go out and they'll drive for dollars or they'll do something else. And now I've got a team of people sending me leads, but 
I create a brand as a go-giver of somebody that's willing to give more value than somebody else that's charging $60,000 for a coaching program, right? So help people underneath you. And to give a really specific example, non-ambiguous, because I'm a, I'm a non-ambiguous type of guy. Brent Daniels used to do this thing called Super Saturday, right? So he he's like, look, I'm kind of newer in the business. I'm not crushing like hundreds of deals. But every Saturday, I'm in a cold call for six hours at my office. And his office at the time was like in somebody's basement. And he would just invite people over and say, come watch me cold call so you can get over your fear of cold calling and we'll cold call together. That was truly like wow. documenting the good, the bad and the ugly and helping people underneath him that hadn't even made a cold call yet. Right? Really did that. Yeah. Now, here's the other one. Tag the people who inspire you. So guys that's, that are listening to this, think about this. It's so simple to take your phone, take a screenshot, and then put that on an Instagram story and tag Joe McCall and say, this was a great podcast. Okay, And here's the thing. Also, staying power or consistency is one of the biggest superpowers in this world, right? So the people who I hang out with, guys that maybe you don't know Joe or most people in the world don't know, you know, they might not have a brand or whatever, but they're doing deals. I hang out with those people because they tag me so many times in Instagram that I'm like, okay, you finally caught my attention. What are you all about? Let's do deals together. And some of those people we've partnered on fix and flips with, etc. So my key, my thing is this, if you guys want to get Joe McCall's attention, you have to consistently, when you listen to his podcast, you take a screenshot and go, Joe, my one takeaway was this. And you put it on your Instagram story and you help Joe build his brand. Joe will notice you, but he's not going to notice you if you do it for three, three times. He's going to notice you after the 10th or 11th or 12th time. So staying power and consistently tagging the people who inspire you to get the attention that you really want. Then you get on podcasts like with Joe McCall, you get on podcasts with Steve Trang, you get on other podcasts because these guys and gals start taking attention of only the people who are consistent. Because Joe, you've been in this business longer than me, brother. One thing, the probably the biggest differentiator between successful and non-successful people has to be consistency. Wouldn't you agree? That's huge. It's huge. And, and I want to add something too, because these are such good points. We weren't even planning on talking about this, but, but don't think that you have to have a huge audience to make any kind of impact or difference or see any kind of results from this. Like I, I was just talking to a guy the other day who's got only 3,000, well, 2,600 YouTube subscribers. And uh, he did a thing where he went out into a new market and started cold calling or driving for dollars and cold calling and locked up twenty dollars or $30,000 in profits within like three, four weeks, right? Amazing. But just documenting it. And he is getting tons of business from that. You know, investors, people bringing him deals. He found an acquisitions manager from in this new market from his YouTube videos. And uh, he does a little bit of coaching here and there, but he's 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 crushing it. Just So don't think that you have to have a huge audience or, or hundreds of thousands of followers to make this work. It, it all starts from somewhere. I mean, I'm so glad I didn't know. I didn't know how to figure out my podcast downloads. Like I didn't know where to see those stats. I didn't know what was good or bad, right? <laughs> but like, if I would have known, I don't know if I would have gone past a year or two. No, right? no. So it's the same thing with your followings and subscribers and things like that, right? You you don't need a huge audience. In fact, there's another guy I know who has a couple different podcasts, and uh, one of them has got a huge audience. The other one is this real small audience, but it's very niched podcast. And he told me one time, he said, "Joe, I have a tenth of the audience with this small thing." But I make 10 times my income from on this small little podcast here because it's a niche. It's very narrow and specific. And that's where he made most of his money. So it's okay to go an inch wide and a mile deep. And it's okay. You don't need to be the nationwide wholesaler expert, right? right. You can be the local Des Moines, Iowa wholesaling expert, right? And, and 
and raise tons of private money, find lots of deals, even do a little coaching if you want, being the local expert, right? And it's so much easier to get a footprint and get and to gain a following when you're narrow niche like that. Would you agree? 100%. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, I, there might be a point in your journey, guys, that you still haven't found your voice. You know, it took me a while to kind of find my voice, you know, and how do you find your voice? Do you find your voice by trying multiple things out and saying, you know, what gets me passionate? What, what, where's my energy source? So like going back to what Joe just said earlier, he said, if I knew my stats, it probably would have somewhat demoralized me to a point where I might not have continued to go forward. However, you found an energy source. You found something that gave you energy and it didn't matter. The stats didn't matter. You found your energy source. And so you got excited about the podcast. It doesn't mean that you didn't wake up sometimes and go, oh man, I'd really like to go out and play a quick nine, but I got to do my podcast. Like That doesn't mean that those thoughts didn't happen. However, because that is an energy source for you, it gives you, it gives you passion and drives you. You continued to, to fight through it and you had a t- tremendous amount of staying power. And then all of a sudden the results started showing up yeah. because you were passionate about it. So guys, don't copy other people just because you see that what they're doing is successful. Find something that you're going to be consistent with because I can tell you some people with the worst content that are just simply consistent are successful, right? Yeah. So don't overthink, don't overthink the content. Just think about what's going to make sure that you're consistent long-term. Well, this is another key point too. I, I remember when I started the podcast 10 year, years ago, and I say this a lot, I thought I'd missed the podcast boat. Like I thought that wave was, podcasts had already been out for five, 10 years before that, you know, or maybe not that long, but, and, and I thought, well, you know, it's, I'm too late to this, but I'm just going to do it anyway. At the time there was maybe six different real estate podcasts, but I thought that was a lot. I didn't think the audience was that big, but I stuck with it. And you guys may be looking at YouTube or Instagram or TikTok and think there's already too many out there. It's never too late to start. I remember when Max Maxwell started his channel, right? And I remember thinking, oh man, I hope he does well because I love what he's doing, but there's so many real estate pod- uh, YouTube channels right now, right? And look where it would look what's happened to him since he started. And I thought he was starting too late. I thought- That's you know, so interesting to think about. Yeah. Yeah, I was so, just with him like 30 days ago and yeah. he's now he's branched into sponsored a bullfighter. He's got a, his own plane. I, he took me out to the airport and he was showing me his plane. And so I was awesome. just, you know, we were talking about branding the whole time, mm-hmm. branding, branding, branding. He's like, you know, it's so, so critically important in the real estate world. And he, here's a quick tip for a lot of people. Guys, notice that jo- both Joe and I have named, said people's names, right? So we're not talking like I get people on Instagram that don't even use their real name. Oh, they yeah. use some weird name that either like I had a guy, I can't remember. It was something like Boobop Investor or something like that is his Instagram name. I'm like, bro, like I love the name. It's cool. But you need people to know your name because people, it's easier for people to remember your personal name. They don't want to have to address you as the Bebop Boop Investor. And Joe, you get people and I know you do because I've seen you in a crowd. You get people that come up to you and go, oh my gosh, Joe, nice to meet you. Have you ever had people come up to you and they go, hey, I, I'm, I'm on Instagram. You go, oh, okay, great. Who are you on Instagram? And they tell you their mo- like their moniker or like their, <laughs> their, it's not even their real name. And you're like, how am I supposed to remember that? Yeah. Right? So guys, use your real name on these social platforms because you, you can hear Joe and I actually talking about people's real names. Don't use a brand name, right? I don't, I don't say something like the sub two guy. I just say my name's Pace Morby, right? And then my content speaks for itself. So make sure you yeah. use your real name. And, and some people think that they're building a business that they can sell in the future. Oh. And I'm just like, no, I mean, forget it. No. That's not going to happen. It might, but it's very highly unlikely. 
that it's going to happen. Just That's an interesting thing in, whole, in the wholesale world. I was just in this mastermind and somebody posed that question. They said, is a wholesale business something that you can sell? And I'm like, yeah, you can sell it, but essentially you're not going to sell it at 10x earnings. You're going to sell it at maybe 0.75% earnings, something yeah. like that. You know, like you're making a hundred grand a month, you know, revenue. Maybe you could sell that business for 75,000 bucks, something like that. Now, if uh, you, you want know. to go franchise like Keegley has done. Oh yeah, Keegley franchise. Look how much money he's territory. Or I was a I was a home investor guy for two and a half years. I was oh, a We Buy Ugly Houses guy, and right. I bought my franchise for one hundred thirty five grand, and then I sold it for two fifty two and a half years later. What they get is not me, right? So I'm the closer, unfortunately. But what they get is a territory mm-hmm. that is locked out, right? So there's scarcity there. But if it's just a regular wholesale business, but any, anyway, I'll, let me wrap up the how because I yeah, have yeah. One yeah. The fifth how on building a brand is I think that this is probably everybody's everybody in the audience, especially if this is live on YouTube or is this live on YouTube right now? Yes. If you guys are live on Joe's YouTube right now, type a yes in the comments if you guys resonate with this. We okay? got Mike here. We're talking about social media. He says, they're, oh, they're yeah. probably my best ever deal. Yeah. So the fifth thing is this. Stop caring what your family members think or your friends think of your social media. What I see a lot of times is that people that are brand new, they have 400 followers and the all 400 of those people are their their daughter or not their daughters, but like immediate family members and immediate friends from high school, etc. Right? Mm-hmm. So here's what here's what I do. I am I tell my family, don't follow me because I this isn't this is not for you. You're never going to send me a deal. You're, even if you had money to give me, I wouldn't want it for private capital. So you're not you're not my audience. Just don't follow me. So like my parents, they have no idea what I'm up to. My my siblings, I have I have eight sisters and three brothers. Very big, very 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 big family. None of my family members follow me on Instagram or social media because I told them not to. I don't want to think about any of that stuff. I don't want it in my brain. So guys, create a new Instagram, create a new YouTube that and and literally just forget about the family members and, and everybody else because they're never... Here's the thing. Do those people pay your bills? Do those people bring you deals? Do those people bring you private capital? No. Then get rid of them out of your social media presence so you can post freely your mistakes, your trials, your tribulations, your connections, all those types of things without the thought process of people judging you because that's what I see. I see people create an Instagram account in their personal name. There you go. I, uh, Giselle, I'm telling you, this is something I run into all the time. That is a challenge for me. What would they think? Here's what yeah. you do. You go in there and you block them from being able to see your stuff. Yeah. Or you create a personal account and then you go create a business account, something like Giselle, the investor. That's yeah. a cool idea. Or Justin Engels says, I would say Justin Engels, the investor, something along those lines. So you have a different account that people can get to know you, but it's your investor account and don't let your family members follow you so that you don't have those thoughts. I've done the same thing. And it will, except I've not, I just posted, I don't care what my family thinks, but you, that is a hurdle when you're just getting started. You know, what are they going to say? What are they going to think? And, and, um, I guess for me, I've just taken the attitude of, I, you know, I don't care. If they are not interested, then they don't have to watch this. Sometimes I've, I've prefaced my post with, hey, if you're in real estate, listen, I got something to show you. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I can preface the beginning of the post with something like that. But you're going to get haters <laughs> no matter where you go, whether they're your family or, or you're not. You just sometimes got to have thick skin. With that, with social media, especially. And boy, I watched this thing of Grant Cardone's a little bit ago, Joe. So like I go, let's say I go clean my garage. I literally was cleaning my garage. I had I, part of my studio is out in my garage with this massive whiteboard that I use. And I'm in my garage and cleaning up and setting up, you know, parts of my lighting and stuff like that. And I was in there for six hours. 
And I listened to this YouTube video of, of Grant Cardone talking about how he changed his thought process on haters and people that were judging you as part of the equation rather than something to avoid. He was like, look, if you have an equation of documenting your journey equals success, you're missing out. It's documenting your journey plus haters equals success. And I was like, wow, that really changed my thought process. So I get people all the time that say stuff to me. And I, do, I go, you know, I'm so grateful that you as a troll just showed me who you really were right up front. So I never have to worry about figuring out who you really are, right? So you've shown me and you've shown the rest of the world that you're a troll. And so I'm grateful for the haters because then I, I never have to deal with them on, on actual deals. So you guys have to look at the haters, which I'm, I'm making too big of a deal of it. I, you know, I don't even pay attention to those comments, but... Um, well, for every one hater, you get a guy like Justin here, you know? You, yeah. you, for every one hater, you get 10 Justins who says, I love both yeah. you guys. Inspired and it me. might even be more like Joe. I know Joe's just throwing out a number, but it might be more like one hater uh, to 99 fans. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, your vibe attracts your tribe. And most of the people that are listening to Joe are trying to have financial freedom, be able to walk, you know, wear a Cardinals jersey and a golf hat whenever the, the F you want is kind of like my version of the Lamborghini. Right. Like I see other guys that like Lamborghinis are their thing. For me, it's like, can I go out and play golf whenever I want? Can I go hang out with my kids whenever they want? That's the Lamborghini. Oh, a lot. Yeah. Oh, no wonder I like you so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's like my only outlet is golf. Oh, pace. I married a golfer. My kids golf. We actually, I'm, I'm hanging out with Gavin. We're going to go play golf at my country club this week. Oh, man. Dang. Anytime you're in Phoenix, hit me up. We'll go play. I got at least two or three friends in Phoenix that love golf and keep on telling me to come. And yeah, I need to do that. I was it's the I Mecca, man. It's the Mecca. It's the, it's amazing. You're in what's, what's, where are you at again? St. Louis. St. Louis. That's right. I got this awesome club, just 15 minutes from my house. It's in the Hills. It's pretty, it's secluded, it's private. And anytime you're in St. Louis, let's play here too. I've actually never been to St. Louis. And so it's one of the, the cities on um, Jamil and my, my tour this year. Well, okay. Let's, let's talk about your personal history a little bit here pace if yeah, that's okay. sure. this has been really good and, and hopefully we get through all of my questions here talk about your background real quick how did you get into the business and the other thing i want to talk about i've seen you in an rv doing oh, deals yeah. while traveling i love that i've done that well once in an rv for three months doing deals with my i have four kids and a wife and a dog that we took with us on an rv trip and then we um been to europe twice but i love hearing the stories of people that are traveling and taking this virtual business on the road but first, okay, talk about your, how'd you get into real estate real quick? Why? My origin story started, I come from a blue collar family. My dad is, uh, you know, my mom, mom and dad, 12 kids. I'm number three. So I have nine siblings underneath wow. me. There was never any money. I remember growing up in high school, my buddies would get these debit cards from their mom and dad. Like, hey, go, you know, I lived in a pretty nice area and my buddies would get debit cards. Like their parents would go, we don't want you to work. Your full-time job is to be a good student. I'm like, holy moly, What? If I had to, if I wanted to go on a date with a girl, I had to paint the shed or I had to do something like significant. My dad would pay me instead of paying somebody a thousand dollars to do a, pro a project, I would have to do something for 20 bucks. Right. And then I'd have enough money for at the time, this is now 20 years ago. I mean, at the time, 20 bucks, I could go on a date with a girl. Right. So that's how I grew up is just in a hardworking family. And my dad was a contractor a lot of his life. Still to this day, my dad is a contractor. So I learned to work with my hands. And unfortunately, both good and bad, the good side of that is that work is not something that scares me. Work is something that is in my blood. And I don't have to wake up in the morning and go, man, I got to motivate myself. Like I 
get anxiety if not I'm not working. I know, Joe, you're the same way. Like you got to have projects. You got to have things you're working on, right? So I'm grateful for that. But the problem is this. I learned growing up by watching my dad that working with your hands is the way to make money. And physically trading your time for money was the way that my dad, you know, supported a 14-person household. Wow. Good for you. Him. Oh, amazing, right? Hardworking guy, always doing a lot and super grateful for him. But when I was 16 years old, I, you know, got my first job outside of my father's world and I was packing donuts at a donut shop. And I learned how to systematize and work harder than anybody else. And I would be able to condense my four hours worth of work into two hours. And I got paid by the job, the route of donut routes that I would pack. And I would leave two hours earlier than everybody else. And, you know, it was interesting. I get into construction. I spend my 20s, you know, putting my time and energy into the wrong business. It's not hard work does not make you wealthy. It just doesn't. It's part of an equation, right? So the equation is hard work and pouring your energy into the right vehicle is what actually makes you wealthy. And so as a contractor, I was lucky enough to know a lot of people that were fixing and flipping houses and they're all driving nicer cars and living in nicer homes than me. And I'm like, dude, I work so much. I remember coming home with my wife when I was like 27. I work so much harder than these people. What the F? And I, you know, it wasn't until one of my friends that was, I was fixing and flipping houses for as a contractor, I had a big construction company. She came to me, her name is Bethany. And Bethany comes to me and she goes, Hey, I'm getting out of this real estate business. My husband and I are retiring and I want to sell you my business. What year was this? This is seven years ago. So I was 31. And uh, she comes to me and she sells me a Homevestors franchise. And I'm like, I don't even know what you do here but I know you're fixing and flipping houses. I had no idea that it was about... This is now actually a little over seven years ago, but I had no idea that basically what it was is going and buying distressed homes from property owners with issues and all that kind of stuff. But I do my first deal. I make 25 grand, literally two weeks into the business and make my first, I get my first deal. And that's a whole story by itself, another day. And I go, holy moly, I made 50 grand in my first month. First deal, 25 grand. Second deal was 15 grand. And my third deal was, you know, just under, just over 10 grand. So I'm like, holy moly, I made 50 grand in one month. Now, at the time, I was working for Open Door. So when Open Door was, I was a contractor for Open Door, we were doing 50 flips for Open Door every month in Phoenix, 10 in Texas, and 10 in Vegas as they were expanding. 2012, 2013. Right. Back, back, back in the day when they were just getting started, right? I was one of the first people that did their work. I took home that year, I took home a million dollars as a contractor. And I was like, Wow, this is the greatest business ever. But then when I saw how much time and energy I put into helping distressed property owners, I was like, wait, I had to work 80 hours a week to make and have 200 employees to make a million dollars versus I could literally just have my wife answering the phone and I could go out to three or four appointments, lock up a couple of deals and make $600,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Holy moly. So I stupidly, Joe, I stupidly kept my construction company another two years past that. And I ended up um, having a guy file bankruptcy on me. One of my customers, I lost a million dollars to this guy. And it was the best thing that could have happened to me because it was like that kick in the pants that told me, get the heck out of everything else but real estate. And because of that, that guy bankrupted me. I had no cash, right? I had no cash. And so what I had to do is I had to build my portfolio without cash. And that's where creative finance was not, hey, I'm going to go and learn creative finance because I think it's a great idea. It was a requirement for me to rebuild my portfolio and rebuild my stuff. And again, going back to how to build a, a brand, I documented the good, 
the bad and the ugly with creative finance, doing all of the things, right? And, oh, I screwed up on this. Or, hey, I didn't know I should have done this. And this paperwork came back and bit me in the butt. And I would talk about it for years. And then all of a sudden, people go, oh, ask Pace. He knows all about creative finance. He's gone through all of that stuff. And then over a couple of years, I just became the guy, especially in Phoenix, I became yeah. the guy, right? Hey, there's, there's Jared Frankham. Actually, Jared Frankham, funny yeah. enough, he's the guy I told the, the McDonald's story to. He was with me and really? we were talking about him building a brand. I go, Jared, you're making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. Why are you not branding yourself? You're like a McDonald's franchise without a freaking sign, dude. Nobody's going to buy hamburgers from you. Come on, Jared. So he texts me the other day and he goes, bro, I'm sick of being the, the white building McDonald's. I need to throw some branding up here. Help me out. Right. So anyway, so that's kind of a longer story than I planned on, but I started doing a lot more deals and now we we built a good portfolio, well over a hundred doors, single family. I, I don't do a lot of multifamily. It's not that I don't think multifamily is amazing. It's just that it's never been in my wheelhouse. And so I think in next year and years to come, we'll do a little a little bit more. So right now, this is what my business looks like. We have I have 16 streams of income. I own title companies. We own because I believe in this really important acronym that I came up with not too long ago. REI, everybody knows, stands for real estate investing. But for me, REI stands for replace your expenses with income. Mm. So we were looking at all of our P&Ls and we go, okay, that's costing us money. Title, title fees are costing us money. So we bought a t- an existing title company and now I get a check from that title company that supersedes how much money I spend in title fees, right? So replace expenses with income. Then it's the same thing with transaction coordinating. Man, our transaction coordinating is costing us money. Why don't we build a company? So we have a company called constantclose.com that does transaction coordinating 50 states. All 50 states, we do creative deals. We what do constant what? Constantclose.com. Then same thing with our virtual assistants. At the time, we had 15 or so virtual assistants. And I'm like, let's go create a virtual assistant business. So now we have a 400 client base at... Uh, we have a, we own a company called vahub.com. And we do that com- company does texting, cold calling, admin work, bookkeeping, all that kind of stuff. And so same thing with bookkeeping. Bookkeeping was costing me money. So I went to Tom Kroll and I was like, who's doing your bookkeeping? And he's like, oh, I have this girl named Tony. And I go, do you mind if I utilize her? He goes, no, she has other clients besides me, of course. So I went to Tony. I go, Tony, how would you like to start a bookkeeping business? And I'll hire 100 VAs underneath you. And we'll go out and do bookkeeping service for real estate agents and real estate investors. You know, 200 bucks a month, all your bookkeeping services are done. Wow. And, and so everything I do now is replacing my expenses with income. But what my real estate business looks like is this. We primarily buy in Arizona, and in Arizona, my exit strategy is either a lease option, a straight up rental, or an Airbnb. Inside, outside of the state, I'm buying in Vegas, Atlanta, Dallas, and certain parts of Florida like Orlando, Tampa. And all of those, every exit strategy is an Airbnb because I have a great Airbnb manager that will fly around the country for me and set up the houses. So I just bought a sub two in Dallas on a golf course, never been to the house. He flies out, he gets it furnished, he gets it set up. Utilities are in his company's name, HOA is in his company's name. And I just get a check every single month and he, it goes through his Airbnb account. And so I go to him and I go, hey, let's start a partnership. I want to help you build this business, but I want to be a part owner. And I'll go get you 500 clients that you can go manage Airbnbs for. So again, it's just looking at every expense you have and go, how can I partner with people, high-level people and replace my income? So we buy, we probably buy one creative deal for long-term hold every week. 
Sometimes we, we have a package of homes that we're going through right now, 51 homes from one seller, all seller finance, 2%, 30-year carry, $5,000 down per house. Wow. But you know those are you know how those relationships work. It's like you get these portfolio sellers that have fifty homes and they they want way too much money. And so what you do is go, let's just pick one house, your worst house out of the whole portfolio. I will show you that I'm a good businessman and I'm somebody you want to partner with. And so I bought that one house from her. She made us make six months of payments to prove that we were credible. And then we went back and we go, how do we buy the other fifty? And we went from twenty thousand dollars down at four percent interest. 10-year balloon on the first deal to now all the other 50 are $5,000 down, 2% interest, 30-year carry, right? So we, we were working through those in Arizona and then outside of the States, basically, I'm just partnering with people through Instagram and stuff. They send me deals and I, I buy those deals. Now, where we wholesale, because wholesale, in my opinion, people go, hey, so how do I market for creative finance deals? And my answer is you don't. Right. You don't. You market for distressed property owners. And now what you do, this is why Joe is one of my heroes because Joe's done all this stuff, right? Joe's currently talking primarily about wholesaling lease options, which is an amazing strategy, but Joe's done all of this stuff. So you get a lead and what powerful men like Joe do, you know, he has all the tools on his tool belt, right? If I'm a wholesaler, I'm looking down at my tool belt and I have a flathead screwdriver. If I'm a Joe McCall, I walk to that job site or to that seller and I look down at my tool belt and I got a drill, I got a Phillips... I got a tape measure. I got all the things I need to make sure that I can solve this problem. So that would be sub two, seller finance, novation agreements. I've got wholesaling lease options. I've got all these strategies that essentially the same lead, you know, it's like using, it's like the Indians would use the buffalo. Every last part of the buffalo would be, be utilized. It's the same thought process. Why waste all these leads? Whereas other people in just straight up wholesale, they're, no wonder they're dying on the vine right now. They're having a hard time just doing wholesale cash deals because that's like trying to build a house with one screwdriver, right? It's been said that we're not deal creators, we're deal finders. Mm. And that's, that's true to a point, right? But when you've got a motivated seller, you can become a deal creator, right? And you can give the sellers multiple options. So there's there's a kind of a, a balance, I think, between that, you know? Um, yeah, well, think about this, like you're, you know, I've seen your I've seen your home in some of your ads. By the way, are you on like a a glide board on some of those ads? Segway. You're on, okay. Segway. Free. I'm like, how is this dude floating? This is amazing. <laughs> Pattern interrupt. Yeah. I love it. I freaking love it. So good. So you know, you do projects around your house, I imagine. So anybody that's listening to this, think about this. You're doing a project around your house, whatever it is, and you're like, oh, I don't have what I need. So where do you go? You go down to Home Depot or Lowe's or some, you know, Ace Hardware, and you go get the thing you need, right? And you come back to the house and you go, oh crap, I need now I need this. So you go back, right? Until you ultimately have the things you need to solve that problem or finish that project. That's kind of how I look at with coaches and books and you know podcasts and stuff like that. Is ultimately saying. How do I make sure that I have what I need to complete this project? What most wholesalers do is they look at that and they go, I don't have what I need to solve that problem. They don't, they're not even intelligent enough to know that they just need another tool. What they do is they say, seller wants too much money. This leads trash and they throw it to the side. It's like, bro, no, it's, it's not that. It's just you're missing some elements. You need to go down to, you know, this podcast. You need to read this book. You need to go get a coach, like, you know, hire Joe and learn those strategies and go back. And, and solve that problem, right? So that's ultimately what I got sick of, right? So when I was a Homevestor franchise, our cost per contract, you know, super important KPI guys, if you're not paying attention to that KPI cost per contract, we would spend $20,000 a month in direct mail, which is the, kind of their primary marketing source. And 
we would get typically four contracts. So that means my cost per contract was $5,000 a contract. That was years ago. It is way higher now. The whole investor buddies that I have, they're at like eight to $11,000 per contract. Now their exit strategy is never to really wholesale. Their exit strategy is primarily fixing and flipping so they can squeeze the juice out of that lemon. But for me, I was looking at it like, okay, so I got 30 phone calls from direct mail. I only closed four of them. That means 26 of these people, I couldn't solve their problem. And I just looked at it and go, how do I get my cost per contract down to like 1500 bucks? Do I just become a way better salesperson and a way better closer and be more eloquent and confident and have all the, you know, the, the machismo when I walk into this, me- this meeting? No. I had to learn how to utilize creative finance to solve those problems. And so I became top three out of 1,100 franchises in the nation, not because I'm amazing at closing, but because I showed up to that job site with a full tool belt rather than just one freaking screwdriver. So then it then became fun because I've got this cool podcast I'm going to be on, The Wolf of Wall Street. I'm going to be on his podcast in about a month. And he's like, well, what's unique about you? What, what's unique about your sales skill? And I go, there's nothing unique about my sales skills. Here's the thing that's unique. I show up to the same house as every other real estate investor. I just simply have products that these other people just don't have. So I don't have to be that great. I just have to be able to understand which tool to utilize in that situation. And I beat out all my competition. So wholesaling lease options, you know, Joe's book, which amazing book. I've read it twice, guys, for anybody that's that's just tuning in. Dude, that solves probably another 20% of people's problems that a cash deal can't solve. It just can't solve it. So the reason why you guys are tuning into this podcast is because you know there's more than just giving people cash offers, which we love cash offers. We do fix and flip. We Dude, I just got a deal we made 128 grand on. The market's hot right now. So like every buyer is buying things $30,000 over our list. Yeah. You know, appraisers are luckily not eating us up too much. We're, you know, whatever. But look, fix and flip has its place. Wholesaling has its place. Sub two has its place. Seller finance has its place. All these things have its place. Wholesaling lease options has its place. But the reason you guys are tuning in here is because you, you, you're, you're standing in your garage trying to finish a project. And you don't have the right tools. So you got to go down and figure out where do I get these tools? And guess what? You're listening to a podcast that's been going on for 10 freaking years that is probably going to go another 20 years or more. This is going to be the longest lasting podcast. Joe said it himself. He's sent it out to the universe. Yeah, (laughs) it is. Man, Pace, this has been awesome. And we've gotten some great comments here. I've not even been showing all of them. Jared says, hey, you whooped me into shape last week. Uh, Giesel, Giesel, so I'm sorry, I got messed that up. VAHub.com is your virtual assistant company, right? Yeah. And then your uh, constantclose.com is your uh, transaction coordinators. Here, here's the thing though, Pace, man, it's already 55 minutes into this. If you're open to it, would you be open to doing another podcast? Bro, Not right you now. don't have to ask me. You don't have to ask me to talk. Because <laughs> I wanted to ask you one of the things I saw you talking about, and again, you're such a good teacher, and I love how you just break things down into simple, easy to understand things. One of the things I'd like to ask you about on another episode, and we'll schedule this when we're done here. Let's give people like a three, four, five year plan to become financially free, right? Yeah. To quit their job. You know, we're not talking about making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month, but just a simple plan that they can execute, maybe doing one deal a month or something like that. Yeah, yeah. They can, you know, quit their job and have a good uh, income stream from properties. Would you be willing to talk about that? 
Yeah, 100%. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. And I, honestly, if you guys, you know, requested enough, this is what I would do for everybody who's watching live. I would tag both Joe McCall and myself on Instagram and just say, Hey, great podcast. You know, pace, come back. Let's, let's do this. And what Joe and I will do is we'll talk, we'll create three different avatars. Okay. Because everybody's a little bit different, right? I would give a, an avatar to somebody who has a budget right now right? Somebody that has a budget to go spend money on advertising and all that stuff. I'll give an avatar for somebody who has no budget. And then we'll create an avatar around like a stay-at-home mom or maybe somebody that's locked down in a nine to five that doesn't have a lot of time. Yeah. And so we'll give, we'll give a two to five-year plan for those three different avatars because I find out that those are probably the three most common avatars of like people go, I don't have any money for advertising. Then there's guys like I have a probate attorney named Rylas that comes to me and he goes, dude, just build my business for me. I'll give you 15 grand a month. Just build my whole business for me and have me have it popping out deals. I go, okay. So instead of him building the conveyor belt of deals over a year or two years or three years, he just comes to me and goes, just build it for me. Tell me what the, the check is, right? There's those people that have the money because they have a great nine to five that brings in good income. Then there's people that are brand new or, you know, they have a big family or a lot of expenses or whatever. And they go, I don't have any money to, to do this, but I know this is the only path I can go on. Then there's the people that just go, I don't have any time whatsoever. So guys, uh, tag Joe McCall. What did, pull that on the screen again. Uh, at JV McCall is his Instagram. Tag this guy. At JV McCall. I'm not a big Instagram guy, but I'm getting there. I'm getting better and more into it. And of course, Pace is at Pace Morby, right? P-A-C-E-M-O-R-B-Y. Yeah. I've got this cool thing I'm doing too. So a couple of things that are on the horizon for us this year. Jamil and I just signed a six-year contract with A&E for a television show. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Good for you, man. Thank you, bro. So we just signed that. We're, that's, we're in negotiations back and forth on a couple of things, but that should start filming next month. And then I've got another thing that I'm working on. I would say, Joe, off the top of your head, I'm curious. What is the most common question you get every day? How do I find deals? With how do no I find deals? Okay. So similar to the question I feel like I get, my question is, how do I get started in real estate? Yeah. Okay. So I created this thought. Um, do you know Robert G. Allen? Yes. Oh, Author. I got a book right over there. Uh, no Money Down, for, completely revised for the 80s. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That one's old school. When I was listening to that one, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to, he has another one for like the 2000s and I had to like switch over to that one. But he has another book called The Challenge. When he went to LA? Actually, I think it's uh, it's not LA. It's another like city with some... It was almost like Detroit or something. I can't remember, but I just read it a couple of months ago. I got to look that up. And uh, it's a great book. Basically, what he does is he goes to the unemployment line. He literally pulls out three people out of the unemployment line. And he goes, I will show you how to get into this business in, thir in 90 days. Nice. And I'm like, wow, that's it's an amazing book. The challenge is what it's called. I'm gonna look that up. Yeah. So what I did is I go, you know what? Here's here's the thing is I get that question, no joke, on my Instagram DMs. People send me this question probably five to twenty times a day. It's the same question, new brand new people. In fact, if I pulled up my Instagram right now, yeah, I would have probably I have 10 requests. So messages from people I've never talked to before are sitting here asking me questions. Multiple people asking the same thing. How do I start in real estate? Hey, what's the first step in real estate? Literally, it's a question I get all the time. Oh, yeah. So I go, how do I create this amazing series? So what I'm going to do, I have my audience, my, I have a creative finance Facebook group. I have my audience taking a poll every week for the next six weeks. And the first poll is, or what I'm doing is I'm going to go to a random city. I'm going to go live there. My first night is going to be on a park bench. 
I have no money. I have no cash, nothing. I don't even have like, I have a phone, but I delete all my contacts and I document my journey starting from day one. How does Pace go from a park bench to doing deals in 30 days with zero resources whatsoever, right? So I'm having the audience currently vote on, should I do a large city that's highly competitive? Should I do a medium-sized city? Or should I do a very small city, low competition, but less buyers, less deals, etc.? You know, there's good and bad of all, all these cities. So right now, I have hundreds of people voting on this. Wow. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to whittle this down to like three or four cities. And then I'm going to do that this summer. I'm going to go choose a place for 30 days. Nice. And I'm going to live there. And I'm going to document it all the way through and go, if I can do this with no money, I'll show you exactly what I'll do. I have no money. Literally, night one, I have no money. I don't even have money for food. Not a hundred bucks, not $10, not even a dollar. I have nothing. What do I do? Man, I I would never want to do that. <laughs> yeah. That is insane. That's awesome, though. I know you're going to crush it. Who knows? I might fail, but I'd be okay with failing, right? And can you give yourself a thousand bucks? No, I want to have nothing because the, the, here's the thing is like you get the you get the people that are in the comments on all this stuff that go, oh man, of course he started with a thousand dollars and da 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 da. It's like you know what? So one of the other polls I'm going to be doing is like tell me everybody's major excuses and I'm going to take three of the major excuses people have and add them to my avatar I'm creating. So one of them is like. Well, I have a nine to five t- job. So when I get home, I'm busy and I'm too tired. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go find a cash buyer like immediately. And I'm going to say, Hey, I-, I know you're fixing and flipping. I'll work for $10 an hour on your fix and flip crew. Obviously, I'm a co- I have a contractor background so I can bring value to them. And I'll physically work 10 hours a day mm. and I will make pennies. But that's not how I'm going to get my first like night, day one. I'm not going to have any cash. So I got to go figure out how to get cash right away. And then I'm only going to be able to work on real estate two hours a day, not all day long, because I want to resonate with an audience that I don't want people coming back and saying, dude, you had 14 hours a day to work on real estate. I only have two. And by the way, when I work two hours, I'm tired and my kids are nagging at me. And that's why I can't be successful. So it's not just a challenge. It's also an excuse destroyer is my whole purpose behind this is like, Give me the biggest excuses people use, and I'm going to utilize those as adding those on top of the challenge. Man, that is awesome. And I'll fail. I'm sure I'll have a lot of failures along the way, but in 30 days, I'll show people how to do a deal. There's no way a guy like you or me in 30 days, knowing what we know, there's no way you can't do a deal. Yeah. There's no way. I, I'm just that, adding some ed- elements to it. That's it. It's not that hard. There'll be that, That'll be an awesome challenge. And your wife and kids, you have kids, right? Yeah, I have two kids. We're working on a third. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a little bit of money and I'm going to call my wife and say, all right, bring out the RV. You guys can live out here with me for the rest of the challenge. Cause now I have enough money to pay for an RV park or pay for whatever. (laughs) And I'll bring my kids out. So that'll be my first goal is like first week. How do I get my wife and kids out with me? Right. So let's say I do it in, you know, I don't know, North Dakota or something, whatever city ends up getting picked. First week, my goal is to get my wife and kids with me so they can finish the challenge out with me. And then I have a place to stay rather than living on a park bench like a you know homeless guy. Wow, that's awesome. Well, I can't wait to see that. And I'm definitely going to push it and promote it to my audience because that's awesome. When I, well, yeah, when I figure out the city and, and all that kind of stuff, I'd love to come back on and talk about it. Because what I'm, I plan on doing right before it is going on like my top 20 buddies podcast and going, all right, 
what would you do if you, if you had to put, be put in this situation, what would be your first day? What'd be your first action? And just kind of see what all the top investors would say. Part of it, I'm curious. The other part is like, I need some advice. Like, what would you really do? Yeah. And if that, if you were put in that situation, you had to start from ground zero with nothing. What would be your first course of action? This is it. This is all you need right here. A hundred percent. Be on the phone all day for the entire two hours. I would be on the phone. (laughs) But uh, man, that's awesome, Pace. Um, So I want to do another podcast with you if it's all right. We'll schedule this when we're done. And let's talk about this plan that you have to go into a new market. That is awesome. I've done something similar. It's a lot of work. It's not going to be easy, but I know you can do it. And uh, But let's talk about that. And let's also talk about in a future podcast, kind of the three to five. Because there's a lot of people out there that you know, they do have a little bit of money. I like the three categories there, budget, no budget, stay-at-home mom. And I got so many cool stories of stay-at-home moms and dads who um, found financial freedom doing deals part-time. So it's it's not an all-or-nothing thing, right? You can definitely build long-term wealth, legacy wealth, doing just one deal a month. And there's a lot of people that don't have to quit their job or have already a good job. They don't want to quit. They're just looking to build some retirement income. They don't trust the IRS or the 401ks or all of that stuff. That'd be a cool podcast to do. Man, cool. So Pace, uh, how can people reach you? What's a good place to go to uh, besides Instagram? Instagram, Pace Morby. Where else? I mean, they can go on my YouTube. They can go on uh, Creative Finance with Pace Morby Facebook group. It's a free Facebook group. We have about 21,000 members. It's only been 11 months since we started that. So that blew up pretty good. And uh, Instagram is probably the best way because I actually answer my DMs and I treat my DMs kind of like emails. So if somebody's like, hey, I have a deal or hey, I have a question or I have a whatever, what I actually do is I reply via video. That's why I like Instagram DMs is because I don't have to type anything. So I can be driving, see somebody's message and I can just put a video on but while I'm driving, talking to them. And it makes it easy. So I'm really, really good. Probably once a day, I go through and just clear out all my questions and and all that stuff. And I do it through video format. So hit me up on Instagram if you guys have a question about anything or you have deals. You know, just like Joe, I have connections nationwide. So if you guys are like, I need a buyer in Wichita or I need a buyer in so such and such, a guy like Joe or a guy like me can probably direct you in the right direction to either find a buyer or get you some resources in any market that you're in. Yeah. This is from Matt right here, Matt Marino. I'm a current customer of Pace. He's a great real estate investor. He runs mm. an excellent business. He's an excellent business person. Matt Marino is a good guy. Yeah. Uh, this is from JC Pace. You're remarkable and your approach resonates with me so much. I will be following you. Nice. There's Thank so many you. comments here. This I love having guys like you on my show because I get way more comments. And <laughs> But um, this has been a great podcast. And if, if somebody wants to maybe buy buy a course or get some coaching from you? Where can they go for that? It's really hard to get in my course. I don't even push it. It's really, really hard to get in. So I would I would just follow my free content. My course is mostly blocked out at this point. So don't I wouldn't worry about my course. Follow my content. You know, get into my YouTube. I do a lot of free stuff there. Um, my student base in in 10 months, we brought on 1500 students, way more than I expected just because... And my the challenge with my the challenge with my course is it's a lifetime course. So like I'll do, I did 30 hours of content last week, live content with my students last week. We have students that are working deals. I have a whole team of people that are available seven hours a day to work deals with my students. It's an unbelievable product. But the problem is it was so popular that I had to block it out in like most of the country. So if you guys 
are interested to see if there is any open spots, I would just hit me up in my DMs and I'll give you a link to see if you're anywhere, if there's any availability where you guys live. But for the most part, I don't push it because it's been basically sold out. Awesome. So again, at Instagram, Pace Morby, at Pace Morby. The Facebook group, what was the name of that Facebook group again? Creative Finance with Pace Morby. Creative Finance with Pace Morby. And uh, people can request to join and then there's probably some questions in there. Yeah. All right. Pace, pleasure having you on my show. Can't wait to have you back. Bro, yeah. you're, you're one of my heroes. I appreciate you letting me come on here. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you so much. Yeah, that's all I've got for now. Follow Pace at Pace Morby. And um, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Don't forget, we've talked about this book. If you want my book, it's free. Phenomenal book. I've read it twice. Mine's highlighted. My partner, Cody Barton, was like, bro, why do you got to write up all these, write in all these books before you hand them to me? I'm like, so I give you the cheat code, bro. You know the good, you know all the good stuff. Man, that's awesome. It, it is all killer, no filler. It's an amazing book, guys. Get that book. No filler. And uh, I, I wrote this two and a half years ago, but uh, it's still just as valid today. You can get it for free at wlobook.com, wlobook.com. Just pay a little bit of shipping and handling there as well. All right, guys, we'll see you later. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again, Pace. Absolutely. See you guys. Bye-bye.